Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. This is episode six of the Stromcast with Dr. Dean St. Mark of Supplement Needs, PhD and head formulator for supplement needs, as well as actually having a proper grown-up job outside of that. He is a competitive bodybuilder, a pharmacologist, and um, he is the guy that we are going to speak to about PCT. Um, PCT for people who maybe have no idea what PCT is or think they've got a bit of an idea, but have had some problems with it. We're going to cover the basics, um, some do's and don'ts, and in the future we might follow on to something a little bit more technical. So um, thank you for coming on, Dean. Thanks for having me on, Rich. It's always great to have a discussion around such a topic as PCT. Yeah, with with this industry, a lot of things are... um, One of the most popular phrases, um, you know, there isn't a right way or a wrong way, and it's what works for you and so on. And PCT is one of those topics where, unfortunately, there very much is a wrong way. and, and you can do it incorrectly. And there's very much a right way of doing it. And my thinking is always aligned with Dean on this, which is why I wanted to speak to Dean about it specifically. Um, and it, it's not massively complex, but there are certain steps that need to be followed. But before we get to that, I suppose we will cover, for those of you who don't understand, what PCT is and why you would do it. So I'll hand yeah, over. So I think that... <clears throat> Quickest way to explain this simply is PCT is post-cycle therapy. So it's the phase following the cessation, you know, when you stop your anabolic cycle, where we want to return to our natural hormonal um, level. So when we take steroids, testosterone derivatives, what happens is we have our HPTA axis, which is the hypothalamic pituitary testicular axis. So we'll just call it HPTA from now on. That is basically a a cyclical process whereby your brain makes fertility hormones. That goes to your testicles, tells your testicles make testosterone. It just goes in that cyclical pattern. When you take steroids, either through an increase in your testosterone level or subsequently you could have an increase in estrogen from that high testosterone level, interferes with that HPTA and tells it, stop making fertility hormone, and then from that, your testicles stop making testosterone. Yeah. So PCT is the phase in which we then either apply pharmacological therapies, so we either use drugs to get that HPTA working again, or we basically obey, I guess, pharmacokinetics, which means basically letting the drugs clear from your body and then allowing your body to naturally sense, oh, I've low testosterone. I best make some fertility hormone to make some testosterone. Yeah. I think that's as easy as you're going to explain something yeah. as technical as it is, but as in a, a very simple fashion. Yeah, and, and fundamentally, that's, that's exactly what we're looking at. So people you'll often hear on forums and on Instagram talk about being shut down. Um, that phase of being shut down is when, as Dean says, your body's not making testosterone anymore. And the goal is to get away from that, get your body back to making as much testosterone as you were ideally before you did the cycle. Um, Dean mentioned there that in some cases you can just wait for the drugs to leave your system and for the process to kick back in naturally. Back in the day, as it were, maybe when I started, certainly when Dean started, um, it was quite common that people would do that. And much as a lot of people would scream in horror now, it didn't always end terribly. I think it's no, fair to say. I, I mean, 
so the old school endocrinological approach, so any doctors that would have dealt with hormone therapies would have been frontlining and pushing that as the way to recover post either from testosterone replacement therapy or for anabolic users was to basically go cold turkey. Uh, I suppose the big difference between then and now is that we can now easily access facilities to check to see if that approach has been successful. Exactly. So we have access to private blood work. And then obviously we have access to, um, I guess, underground pharmacies, which makes access to the compounds that we may need to use in a PCT readily available. Um, so when it comes to a PCT, we tend to then look at two primary outcomes. And that's either you could end up with a resulting primary hypogonadism, which basically means that your testicles, your balls fail to make testosterone. Yeah. So your, your pituitary in your brain could be making fertility hormone, but your testicles just aren't responding. Yeah. That's very rare. That For that to occur, it's, it's mainly genetically driven. So yeah. if you find after you've done your steroid cycle, there could have been some underlying genetic issue there that if your HPTA was ever shut down, that's it. You're going to stop making testosterone. The other second outcome is secondary hypergonadism, which is a lot more prevalent in post-cycle therapy. And secondary hypergonadism is basically that your pituitary is failing to make enough fertility hormones. Yeah. And because of those low fertility hormones, you don't have enough stimulation at the testicle to make testosterone. Yeah. So I guess mainly what we're dealing with when we look at PCT is that we're using pharmaceuticals to increase the output of those fertility hormones in order for your testicles to make more testosterone. Yeah. And just like starting a cow, once that process is restarted, it should be self-sustaining. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly how I, I try to explain PCT in a simple fashion. So if we allow the compounds to clear out, if we be patient and we wait, say, for, you know, for anante, we can have arguments here over the half-life of anante. I'm sure lots generally, of people will, yeah. Generally, I, I like to say just five weeks. Five yeah. weeks, um, that compound should be pretty much gone from your system. Some people might be faster, but in general, five weeks. If you get your blood work done at five weeks, you're going to look at your testosterone, your luteinizing hormone, LH, your follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH, your estradiol, which is your estrogen. And in some cases, you might say have a look at prolactin because that could have an effect then on libido during PCT. But what you're looking there at the five-week mark is for an increase in your LH and FSH meaning that now your pituitary is now being stimulated to make those fertility hormones. And then we're looking at our testosterone results to see, are we making adequate amounts of LH and FSH to produce natural testosterone efficiently? If that isn't happening, and we see in our blood work that our FSH and LH is still suppressed and our pituitary hasn't responded, well, let me give it a little push along with some pharmacological intervention yeah so most people are probably aware with hcg human chorionic gonadotropin that's basically a synthetic mimic of luteinizing hormone lh yeah so when you take hcg it's basically acting like lh and telling your testicles make testosterone 
So if you can think about how the HPTA works, the HCG tells your testicles, make testosterone. So they make testosterone inside your testicles. That testosterone now can go back to your brain and tell your brain, okay, we have low normal levels of testosterone. I need you to make fertility hormones, LH and FSH, to make more testosterone. That's the whole point of the HCG therapy is to increase testosterone in your testicle to kickstart that system, that feedback loop. When we've increased testosterone in the testicle to a sufficient level, that's why I say if you do the HCG protocol, which generally is 2,000 I use every other day for 20 days, yeah. you get your blood work done after those 20 days and you look at what's happened to your testosterone. So you what would do the HCG therapy prior to your blood work? Exactly. And now you'll see how has your testicles responded to the HCG. If it's a normal level and you see an increase in your FSH and LH, then what we can do is use compounds that can tell our pituitary in our brain to make more fertility hormones. And that's where the likes of Clomid and Novidex, Tamoxifen comes into it. Yeah. So it's like kickstarting a car. The HCG goes in, tells your balls make testosterone. That feeds back to your pituitary. Well, it feeds back to your hypothalamus and then your pituitary. Yeah. Your pituitary then responds, makes LH and FSH, and that goes back to your testicle, makes more testosterone. At some point then, when we look at the blood work after the HCG, we then now need to assess, do we need to give the pituitary a little push along to make more FSH and LH to keep bringing up the testosterone level? And that's where we bring in Clomid. Yeah. So Clomid basically latches onto your brain and says, double the amount of LH you're making right now in a simple term. By doing that, then you have double the amount of LH in your body. So in theory, you should be making double the amount of natural testosterone. Yeah. And we keep following the, the Clomid therapy basically until we get to say week six or week seven of Clomid where we get bloods done again and we assess where testosterone, LH and FSH are. Yeah. At that point, the system should have been self-sufficient. It should be making its own testosterone from the LH and FSH from your own body. Yeah. And at that point, those things can be pulled back out. Yeah, and you're, you're basically back to your interior, your natural hormone level. Yeah. Like I said, you can then run into issues where either you get your blood work done after 20 days of HCG and there's no testosterone. So that sort of is starting to indicate potentially that primary hypergonadism where your testicles just don't want to make testosterone. Yeah. Or you could get through your HCG, you're making normal testosterone, but now you're starting to see in your blood work that your FSH and LH are too low. And potentially there's an issue there where your pituitary is failing to make those fertility hormones. Again, it could be that either you just need to wait time. You can transition to Clomid to help amplify more of the LH and FSH. But it can come down to them basically just needing to be patient and either running Clomid a little longer or you may need to actually go and have your pituitary investigated by an endocrinologist. Yeah. So I think that that certainly covers how things should be done in an ideal world. 
And, and an ideal world is, as we said on the podcast with Dave Cross in the other week, is really if you can't run these compounds in an ideal world, you shouldn't be running them. And I stand yeah. by that. But we both know that there will be people who will do it in a non-ideal world. And there'll be people who do it who maybe aren't going to get blood work done. Um, so they're going to go off feel. Assuming that these people are going to do it anyway and we can't tell them not to, what would you suggest in that scenario as a kind of blueprint? Or is it something that you would say is is, is you're pissing into the wind? I, I really think it's, it's like pissing into the wind. Uh, like Because the old school approach for this, any of the forms was two weeks after last injection, whack HCG into your system. Yeah. Now, I've seen enough blood work where people have testosterone levels following cycles in the 30 nanomolar region yeah. after two weeks of injections. With their FSH and LH still suppressed, obviously, because of they have an external source of testosterone yeah. in their body. And that, that's key for people to understand. While there's any exogenous testosterone in your system, your body isn't going to restart. No matter what you take, no matter how much clomid you take, your body will not start making its own natural hormone so, when they're there exogenously. So again, let, let's apply it to the, to the scenario where someone doesn't track their blood work for a PCT. So two weeks after the last injection, you read on a form, I need to do HCG. 2,000 I use every other day for the next 20 days. They follow the power PCT protocol from Dr. Scali. So now they've taken their HCG for two, two, 2,000 I use for 20 days. So that's three weeks. So we add two weeks, three weeks, for five weeks. Yeah. At that point, then the power PCT says, go on to start taking Clomid and Novidex. So you're now five weeks post your last injection. The compounds that you've just stopped taking five weeks ago are probably just cleared from your body. The HCG that you've been taking the last 20 days has had no effect on your testicles other than maybe volumizing the cells in it. Yeah. It does not actively make any testosterone because of the system is shut down. And now they're going on to Clomid straight away to tell the pituitary to make FSH and LH. Yet the whole system could still be shut down and it's not making any FSH and LH. Yeah. So you're now taking a, a drug that can probably make you feel quite shit. Makes me very tiff. <laughs> Mentally, to have no overall effect on testosterone production. The reason I ask is I'm I'm very lucky we have blood work at the store. Any one of my friends, anyone who comes in our store can get their blood work done whenever they need. But we both know that that doesn't always happen in the real world. And I suppose the thing used to be of, well, how do you feel? And I don't think that's necessarily the best gauge. No, uh, I mean, so if you are going to go that route of, I guess, using HCG without any blood work, you're best off then following the principle of allowing the drugs to clear. And then at the five-week mark, if you think, okay, I'm going to run HCG for the crack of it, yeah, I, I can't see there being too much detriment in that. It's unlike it was a negative. Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if your HPTA has already recovered naturally, you could yeah. be lucky. When the drugs clear, your HPTA could recover naturally and you're making FSH and LH. That high dose of HCG for 20 days will increase your your testosterone in your testicle. It might cause a little bit more aromatization, so your estrogen might go up a little bit. Yeah. But on an overall negative impact to your HPTA, I don't see it doing too much damage. So a couple of questions that I know are going to come up, some of them have already been asked. HCG on cycle, 
Now, I've always felt that it's mostly done because people don't want to walk about with small bollocks, but you may well tell me different. So everyone probably knows my stance in that. I actually don't, don't which is why I'm curious. I, I, I don't believe in anyone using HCG at super physiological levels of testosterone. So when you're on cycle, the use of HCG in a super physiological setting has never been studied long term. So if you can imagine you're taking this compound that's supposed to stimulate your Leydig cells in your testicles to make testosterone. So when you use HCG on cycle, yes, you stimulate the Leydig cells and they keep their volume. So they stay bigger. They don't shrink. So you don't get atrophy and, and shrunken balls. But it's not going to have any positive effect to your own natural testosterone or to your recovery. I guess I keep saying this again on DMs to people. The size of your balls does not reflect <laughs> the amount of testosterone. You well, make. the smaller your balls are, the bigger your dick looks, I believe. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can get that. So, I mean, when people um, bring up this topic of, oh, you know, my balls are bigger you know so therefore i'm recovered yeah. it's it's a really flawed way of oh, it's not how that works um <laughs> when i've discussed this approach with people who have been doing things for for a fairly long time the response that i normally get um because i've always felt that it's one of those things that's logical is waiting for compounds to clear before you, you try and restart your hvta one of the things that people will say is is what do i do in that five weeks in terms of uh training they feel like it's a bit of a no man's land and they worry about feeling down feeling low uh, lack of sex drive, that kind of thing. Do you have any advice for people that worry about that kind of thing? Because I, I do agree that the approach you suggest is probably the most logical one long term. Yeah, I mean, that's always the argument. And sometimes I... Bodybuilders hate when they're not taking any drugs. Yeah. that That is the, the psychological addiction, I suppose. But yeah. I've often laughed looking at some of the comments of people discussing what I've put out for PCT on some of the English forums. And it's like, you know, you're going to lose all your gains in five weeks, you know, if I stop taking everything. And it's sort of like, okay, yes, you're going to be a little bit down because there's going to come a point where you're going to be at pretty much zero testosterone. That's kind of the point, isn't it? And that's exactly why you need to get there is to then allow your body to then go, okay, I need to start making testosterone again. So you are going to feel down for those five or six weeks before you're testicles start responding either through the drug clearing or through you using hcg yeah now what can you do psychologically through that i guess just uh the f up (laughs) yeah (laughs) you don't start like okay so you need to be intelligent with your training your recovery capacity is not going to be the same as when you're on cycle so yes you're going to maybe have to have a look at your training and assess what volume are you capable of recovering from. Your strength may drop by like 10, 10%. Yeah. But again, that all comes down to, again, the psychology of how you approach your training. Yeah. Diet, okay, you, you lose a certain level of metabolic flexibility at a lower testosterone level, and you may run into slight metabolic issues until you start making testosterone. So either start to anticipate that ahead of time and follow a maintenance calorie intake or use that period, that clear out period if you are doing PCTs 
to, I guess, do a sort of cleanup phase with your diet? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess a lot of people still struggle with this idea that you know what, you're never going to be as big and muscular and and as as impressive looking all of the time as you are peak cycle. And that that's just something that you're not going to be able to maintain. Something I have heard people say, or something I've seen people write uh, in response to this kind of approach to PCT is, oh, for that five or six weeks, just take an oral because they'll clear from your system in 24 hours anyway. And I would always argue that that suggests a psychological um, underlying reliance. And I, I would perhaps say that it's perhaps not optimal to throw in a heavy oral at the end of a cycle as testosterone clearing the system. I couldn't find an argument in my head against it from a recovery point of view, but I'm sure there probably is one. Well, if we look at some of the studies that were done with the Anabol and Anavar, we can see that it does take about five or six days that they do suppress your HBTA and that there is a, a short recovery period to them. But again, if we're doing that off the back end of a heavy cycle, we're probably prolonging things in terms of the HBTA recovery. Um, yeah. And that's not to mention some of the likes of safety you chucked in anadrol at the end of your cycle just for the crack for the last six weeks to yeah. keep your strength up. <laughs> Because like yeah. prolactin it might go up with it. Yeah. And we know that there's there is some associations between prolactin and HPTA recovery when prolactin is elevated. Yeah. Yeah. Prolactin, um, for people who maybe don't know, I think most people are familiar with testosterone and estrogen. Uh prolactin is another hormone. Um, I believe it's released by females um in pregnancy for breastfeeding. Is that correct? It is, yeah. It's a lactation one. But in males. Um, I, I have had a prolactin in the past that was quite severe. Um, That's why it's called prolactin. So it's prolactin. So it's for lactation to promote lactation. Yeah, it wasn't nice. It wasn't <laughs> nice. That's something you want yeah. to work with. Now, um, in, in males, we don't have that that same sort of issue as females. But when prolactin gets sky high, you will lactate as a male. You will ask Andrew Keir about white him. Um, it won't. It won't be. It won't be breast milk. But there will be stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones that we don't actually really understand too much about in, in males, other than we do know that it has potential inhibitory effects to fertility. Yeah. In males. Um, and there were a couple of other bits I wanted to go over, and, and I don't want to get overly complex with them, but there were a few things. For people to understand, so my, I don't think he listens to this, but my brother-in-law actually was the first person that I got steroids from, and he's proper old school. He's, I think he's in his 50s now. Um, and he used to tell people, and I think it's quite a commonly held belief in that age group, that PCT is to clear you out. And it's really important to understand, I think, that PCT doesn't clear you out in terms of looking after your liver or your kidneys or your, your blood markers at all. The thing that clears you out is having a period away from drugs after the cycle and after the PCT is done. What's a really bad practice to get into and what people used to do, and I think it's less common now, is people will do a cycle, they'll do a PCT, and once they've recovered, they'll go, right, I can get back on again. The whole point of doing a PCT and recovering is to be able to have some time away from exogenous hormones. If you're just gonna get straight back on again, you may as well probably just do a cruise. Physiologically, it's probably less damaging. I never advocate cruising or staying on drugs because I think it can lead to psychological dependence. But PCT is something you should do because you've made the conscious decision 
to have some time off. Um, and it's a sensible thing to do for long-term health, for long-term HPTA function. I don't know if there's anything else I'm missing there, but um, don't do a PCT to get back on again. That's one of the most flawed things that I've heard people talk about. Yeah, it is. I mean, so I've had guys consult with me on PCT and after discussing everything with them, to, to put it bluntly, a correct PCT or the right PCT can take about 12 weeks. If you're going to follow through with clearance time, HCG, clomid therapy, you're talking about 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah. You go through this 10 to 12 week period of having low testosterone for a certain period of time, you're going to have negative effects towards insulin management and lipid clearance, so fat metabolism. All these things are going to be affected while you're in this low hormone environment, which can have health consequences until you start making your own natural, normal testosterone. Yeah. You go through all this pain, 10 to 12 weeks, and I go, okay, I've done my PCT, I can go back on again. You've just spent all that time putting your health potentially at risk, putting, I guess, investing money into your PCT to return back to a natural state to then just jab yourself and all of a sudden shut your HPTA down with one yeah. jab. And that's not trying to put people off doing PCT. It's just understanding the reason behind why you're doing it. It's not like ticking a box. It's it's yeah, um, to do something. So, I mean, the old school way of this was time on. Equals time off. Equals time off. So, again, if you were to apply that and you've done, you know, your 10-week cycle, your 10-week PCT, you get to the end of your PCT, oh, I can go back on again. In theory, then, it should be really time on. Plus PCT. So plus PCT is time off. So you're talking about anywhere up to about 26 weeks. If yeah. you're going to do a PCT, you're looking at about six months minimum staying off. Yeah. And even then, <laughs> doing one cycle a year and then doing a full PCT and then doing you know a clearance period and then doing another cycle and then another PCT, you can't keep doing that for 10 years. And then There are strong years. arguments behind cruising as long as it is well managed as long as the cruises are within the physiological range and as long as blood work and health markers are managed yeah i mean we can that's another i guess simple topic we can do another podcast yeah, on is is the blasting cruising because again that's that's a whole other thing where opinions are completely different you, you mean <laughs> where it's normally blasting and blasting <laughs> blasting and really fucking going for it those are the two modes <laughs> um or uh or the the cycle advice where uh i just do four mils a week and now i'm going to do two mils a week yeah nice nice was it boston <laughs> lloyd who didn't if it fits your milligrams that <laughs> so you're on a thousand milligrams a week of just yeah. <laughs> just pick pick and choose yeah um and then the last thing i wanted to do on pct and this is one that can get really complex so i don't i don't i want to try and avoid that if we can but you touched on it briefly before estrogen management in pct Okay, yeah. So this, like, like I said at the start, what shuts down your HPTA is either a high level of testosterone or what we really believe happens with testosterone or anabolic steroid users is that it's actually estrogen that shuts down the HPTA. You get this high spike in estrogen and it basically shuts down the hypothalamus. 
issue management is a good question because during that five week clearance period when you stop everything you should still be trying to control your estrogen at that point while the drugs are clearing from your system. Because if you don't manage your estrogen and it gets too high, when it gets to the end of the five weeks, you've just caused an elevation in estrogen that actually inhibits the HBTA. So the literature always sort of points towards aromacin or exemestane being the, the best AI for Estrogen yeah, because of it being a, I guess, a, a steroidal-based um, aromatase inhibitor and also for the fact that it's a, a suicide inhibitor compared to Arimidex. So with Examistane, I, I tend to, with the protocol that I've given, you're sort of looking at, it is a little bit, I guess, without blood work, it is potentially going to be slightly overkill in that 25 milligrams every second or third day during the clearance period and then yeah. 25 milligrams of aromacin every day following your hcg because it's you're trying to cause a, a kind of spike in estrogen exactly because when you make testosterone from hcg that can get aromatized so you don't want that to aromatize you want it to stay as testosterone is testosterone because again if that aromatizes you end up with negative feedback to the hypothalamus and again that's one small little thing i added to the power pct was managing estrogen because yeah. of estrogen being one of those feedback mechanisms yeah and i think not managing estrogen is the reason some people will end up getting gyno like symptoms when they finish the cycle um uh, and also why you get a lot of people will say, well, I never got any acne on cycle, but I've come off and I've, I've broken out in it really badly. And then it's usually estrogen that will drive both of those things. Not always, um, but usually. Yep. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, so I think that that's pretty much it in summary. Um, Dean's outlined the steps um, for a successful PCT. If you want specific bespoke advice, that is something that you can speak to, to specialists about. You can speak to Aaron at Head Project about. You can speak to... Um, you can speak to Dean about it. Um, that is something that Dean charges a consultation fee. Um, you imagine someone like Dean, the amount of people that will DM, oh, can you just have a look at this for me? I get it a lot and I'm not, you know, a specialist like Dean is. So um, if that is something you're looking at doing, it's money well spent, it's money well invested. Um, and if you've got any specific questions, uh, you're more than welcome to ask me, but we will probably, uh, like we're going to do with the discussions on diet and training and, and drug use and so on, we will probably visit it in the future in a, a more in-depth basis for the, the more advanced users that want to look at those things and maybe look at things people can do um, if they've had failed PCTs or they've had consistent trouble recovering because those are both things that I've seen Dean have success with with clients in the past. Yep, yep, sounds like a plan. So thank you very much for coming on, Dean. And um, if you want to follow Dean, he is Dr. Dean St. Martin on Instagram. And have you got a website yet? No, no, we don't. Uh, Supplement Needs will have a, an education website coming soon. There you go. Yeah. So um, Supplement Needs, Instagram, there's videos on YouTube. Just check him out and um, shoot us a line if there's anything else you want us to cover. And I will try and work out how to stop this recording.